Hi, this is Elliot Fishman. This is part three of our uh, series on the evaluation of the stomach with CT scanning. And I left you last time with this teaser about pitfalls. So what are the pitfalls? Well, small flat lesions can be missed. It sounds like a lecture on virtual colonoscopy, but again, the biggest mistake you're going to make is you're going to miss very tiny lesions. Those stage one lesions are very difficult. Depth of invasion can also be very difficult. It's hard to separate at times neoplastic involvement from inflammatory involvement. I mentioned to you that if a patient has a biopsy, you would tend to call perigastric spread, for example. Nodal involvement is a challenge, particularly with the fact that the nodes that are infiltrated in the celiac axis are often small, which is why between 6 and 8 millimeters, we're calling the nodes to be positive in gastric cancer. And the same thing is true in esophageal cancer, while classically we talk about nodes 1.5 cm or greater as being pathologic. There's been some question about endoscopic ultrasound and comparing that with CT. And here's a good article. They compared endoscopic ultrasound, helical CT, um, in patients with uh, T and N staging of disease. And although ultrasound is indeed very good, they found that pre-op CT was indispensable in the evaluation of distant METs, and therefore a CT exam of the stomach and upper abdomen was required. And in fact, the information CT provided was so good that in most cases, except for the biopsy component, endoscopic ultrasound added very little information. So something to keep in mind and uh, tell your friends who do endoscopy that uh, their days are numbered. Of course, I'm joking. Those are my best friends. Anyway, what about uh, gastric masses? So of course, we talk about adenocarcinoma, but other things can look like adenocarcinoma or at least be in the differential diagnosis. And let's cover uh, many of these. Some are malignancies like lymphoma, just tumors and metastasis. Some are inflammatory disease, be it gastritis or H. pylori infection. So let's first talk about lymphoma. Lymphoma is the thing that probably most looks like adenocarcinoma. Now, in the old days of CT, most of the lymphomas we saw, and we saw them pretty commonly, were large, bulky gastric tumors. And so it was easy to diagnose lymphoma because gastric cancers were under 3 cm and lymphomas were greater than 5 cm. We also know that lymphoma more likely will extend into the duodenum. Carcinoma will not. And when adenopathy is bulky, it's more likely lymphoma. And if adenopathy extends beneath the level of the renal hilum, again, it's most likely lymphoma. That's comparing the two processes. Now, we do see lymphoma. Uh, these days, of course, we often see low-grade lymphomas like malt lymphoma or mucosa-associated lymphoid tissue. That's very commonly associated with H. pylori infection, like adenocea. The most frequent CT finding is wall thickening, but it's often minimal. So it's like more like an adenocarcinoma rather than these big classic bulky lymphomas. And so there is great similarity. Here's an example. This case, I think what you could surely say is this infiltration of the antrum, it's malignant. Biopsy is going to tell you lymphoma versus adenocarcinoma. Of course, that's critical. We're talking about surgery versus systemic therapy. Now, things that may help you in this case, when you looked carefully uh, at this other example, there's wall thickening, there's ulceration. Again, you can argue adenocea, you can argue lymphoma, but you see this uh, large extra gastric component. Again, we talk about adenocarcinoma giving a, a spread along the gastrocolic ligament, but this is very bulky and there's periodic nodes and I gotta really think about this being uh, lymphoma. Now, I will mention one other thing. If you see carcinomatosis, if you see drop mets into the pelvis, then you better be thinking about adenocarcinoma rather than lymphoma. Lymphoma can give you very 
large bulky folds. Here's an example of that. You can see some differential enhancement of the folds. Again, when the folds are very bulky, I gotta be thinking lymphoma, but again, I'll mention there is overlap, and perhaps we'll get some time, we'll do some other examples later. Another tumor, one that we see commonly at Hopkins, not a very common tumor, but I think we get referred a lot of patients, is GIST tumors. And these are previously called lyomyomas and lyomyosarcomas. They're stromal tumors of the stomach, gastrointestinal stromal tumors, typically divided into myogenic, neurogenic, and less differentiated tumors. They make up a small percent of gastric cancers, but, or gastric tumors, but there's certain very important things. They arise from a common precursor cell. They display spindle cell or epithelioid characteristics. They have certain classic immunohistochemical markers, CD117, that's a classic diagnosis, CD34, S100, less common, but that C-kit is classic in just tumors. Now, just tumors uh, in the GI tract in general, the majority occur in the stomach, though we see them also small bowel, particularly duodenum. They're also very large there. I've seen esophagus, I've seen colon, but those are exceedingly rare. In terms of uh, all gastric tumors, it's a small number, one be between one and three percent. Up to a third are malignant, with malignancy increase uh, with exogastric location, the larger lesions over 5 cm, when there's local invasion, of course. Or, but when all is said and done, the diagnosis of neoplastic or malignancy is based on the pathology of one mitosis per high-powered field or greater. Now, in reality, once lesions hit 5 cm, even if there was less than one mitosis, the pathologists always have that magic hedge. They say, well, we see no malignant features, but the patient may have a low-grade malignancy, or this may develop into a malignancy. So, again, it's something, uh, you have a, you know, a, a larger tumor, it's 5 cm or so, I know it's coming out. I don't care what the path shows. Now, CT findings. Exogastric mass is most common, and we're talking about large exogastric masses. Ulcerations are very, very common, particularly in malignant gist tumors, and central necrosis is also very common in that scenario. These tumors will metastasize locally. When they recur, they recur in the omentum and mesentery, but most commonly they metastasize to the liver, and the liver mets are often cystic. In the old days, one of the differential diagnoses was distinguishing between a cyst and a cystic metastasis. And typically it was just an ovarian cancer that gave you the problem. These days, of course, it's not an issue. One thing about just tumors, and here's a good example of one, they're large and exogastric, and so is this a gastric tumor or is this a tumor pushing on the stomach? Is this adrenal mass? Is this pancreatic tail mass? Is it a sarcoma? Sometimes, indeed, it's very hard to make that distinction. Um, you can see in this example, here's a smaller lesion, but in this case, you can see the tumors more within the stomach. You can see the large ulceration present within that gist tumor. So when they're inside the stomach, this is a small lesion, one of the smaller ones I typically see. In that scenario, it can be difficult to say it's not adenocarcinoma. And I may have thought adenocarcinoma first, but again, the point about differentiating different lesions. And here, very nice ulceration. This was a malignant gist tumor despite the you know, size being under 5 cm. Now, I mentioned it can be very large. Look at this gist tumor. Is this really the stomach, or is it a sarcoma, is it a tail of pancreas? Is it something coming off the spleen? Is it a peanut tumor? 
Look at the size of the lesion. You could see it's cystic, but it's not a cyst. It's cystic, but it's necrotic and it's solid. And you can see very nicely in this picture, it goes right to the splenic hilum, arising from the gastric wall. And I think the reconstructions really give you a much better feel of the true extent of the tumor in a cranial caudate fashion, gives you a much better understanding of the infiltration of the wall. And I'll just show you a few different images in this case as we look around the tumor. Uh, again, sometimes the interface to stomach looks like it's simply abutting. So it's a diagnosis you need to think about or you're not going to make. And it's an important diagnosis. Aggressive management with surgery can, um, I won't say cure the patient, but can truly debulk the patient, and they may do very well. Again, another example, you can see nicely the same patient, the necrosis of these lesions, the cystic components. And here you can see how the vessels, particularly the splenic artery, is patent but simply displaced by the large tumor mass. We've seen some massive gist tumors. Look at this one, kind of pushing into the lesser sac. This lesion was about 80 kilograms. John Eberhuber took this out many years ago. Look how cystic and necrotic it is, but you can see the enhancing wall. You can see nodularity. Uh, and again, you can see it very nicely in the sagittal view. So very large cystic necrotic lesions. You gotta think gist tumor. As I mentioned, stomach is most common and you can see it arises off the stomach. But if someone told me this was small bowel gist, mm, I might think of it as a possibility. Uh, interestingly, with small bowel gist tumors, despite the very large, patients typically do not obstruct. Now I showed you a few very nice examples of exogastric lesions. Here's one of the more atypical appearances when the lesion is bulky, but literally sitting within the stomach. Just a beautiful example of an intraluminal ulcerating gist tumor. There's not much else this can be. You can think about a sarcoma, metastasis, melanoma. Those are small lesions. It's not the appearance of adenocarcinoma. It's not the appearance of lymphoma. It's a bulky tumor mass. It's a gist tumor. Another example, smooth, well-defined, shows you a similar case before, ulcerations, nicely shown there, multiple ulcerations, beautifully looking into the lumen of the stomach. There really is nothing else in a differential diagnosis. The 3Ds show it well, the multiplanar show it well. This is going to be a gist tumor. There's not a whole lot of arguing in this example. Or this case. I show this case to make the point that everything follows the rules except when they don't. Here's a large tumor. This is a gist tumor to me. It's exophytic, necrotic, ulcerating, classic gist tumor. You look at it here, just a classic gist tumor. Well, you know, in this case, this gist tumor ended up being a large necrotic tumor of the colon, which invaded the stomach. Now this one, this is a gist tumor ulceration. So sometimes you can be fooled. You want to be very careful, but you can see good epicenter, good location, ulceration into lumen. We do look for fistulae from large gastric masses, particularly these gist tumors, but um, or an adenocarcinoma of the colon, which involves the stomach. That's very, very rare. Again, just you can see nicely. I want you to recognize, particularly on the 3D maps, the inhomogeneity, there's some smooth enhancement, but it's kind of like a mottled appearance. There's a nice ulceration present. Another example, lesion in the fundus. Let me show it to you in a few different perspectives. Kind of low density, looks kind of cystic. 
And you can see it as I run through a sequence of images, it's solid but somewhat cystic, it's smooth, it's well-defined. Just another very nice example of a GIST tumor. Okay, what else? We spoke about lymphoma, we spoke about GIST tumor. We should mention metastasis. Typical patterns, linitis plastica, as shown with breast cancer typically, nodules like melanoma, and a solitary mass like melanoma as well. You also can see direct extension. I showed you a colon cancer invading in also pancreatic cancer. But here's a nice example of linitis plastica appearance. This patient had some vague abdominal pain, had a history of breast cancer, just a very good visualization. Now, I do make the point that sometimes you can be fooled. This patient has a markedly abnormal antrum. I worry about an infiltrating tumor. Endoscopy, this was gastritis due to uh, aspirin use non-steroidals actually uh, uh, as, um, as well but this is inflammatory okay so you got to be careful now sometimes you're not going to get it right look at this case this is classic infiltration this is carcinoma this was fibrosis inflammation due to chronic ulcer disease the surgeon went in he palpated it he thought it was tumor as well this patient was really lucky had a partial gastrectomy a gastrojejunostomy but you can see sometimes the CT is going to be abnormal plus 10, but you won't get the right diagnosis. Or in this case, I showed you similar examples. They were all cancer. Maybe you can argue lymphoma, low density, infiltration. This was gastritis. So again, you want to be careful about this. Or this example, look at this necrotic process in the stomach. Must be a large ulcerating tumor. This was emphyseminous gastritis with some secondary infection. So sometimes inflammatory changes can simulate neoplastic processes. Now, I also want to make the point that not every tumor in the stomach is malignant. There are benign tumors as well. And in fact, benign tumors make up a majority of gastric tumors. So why don't we pick it up with part four a little bit later in the day. Now with that, see you next time.